his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. It's projected that almost two million New York residents, that's one in four, will face hunger sometime this year. While access to good, nutritious food is not a new problem in New York, the pandemic we're living through has made this situation exponentially worse. These are Great Depression era. Uh, soup lines, bread lines, food lines. This is a crisis of epic proportions. This week on 880 In-Depth, as we focus on things we're thankful for, our health, our families, our work, we take a few minutes to look at those who need our attention and support. The growing number of people among us who are not getting the basic human need of enough food. There is food for everyone, father, daughter, mother, son. There's enough for everyone in our green and growing home. There's enough That's the voice of our friend, Tom Chapin, one of the driving forces behind the organization Why Hunger, co-founded by his late brother, Harry Chapin, more than four decades ago. Why Hunger is a partner of WCBS News Radio 880, more like family, actually. Each year around this time, we focus the spotlight on the hunger needs of our community and give voice to the good work Why Hunger does along with their grassroots partners. Their work is more urgently important than ever before. More from Tom later and some info on how you can help the work of Why Hunger by bidding on a virtual Tom Chapin concert. But first, I'm Tim Sheld from WCBS News Radio 880, and this is 880 in Depth. And I wanted to give the stage to Why Hunger this week and their talented executive director, Noreen Springstad, to hear more about the crisis of hunger in New York. And Noreen asked to bring along on this Zoom conversation Dr. Melanie Samuels, the founder and CEO of the Campaign Against Hunger in New York, a Brooklyn based food pantry that started more than two decades ago. Here's our conversation. Well, actually, it started in my home, um, Tim. Um, what happened is I heard that there was a woman that was in need. Um, she was disabled, mother of four, single mother. And so what we did was to pack um, a simple bag, um, just an act of kindness, compassion, and drove all the way from my home to hers and, and gave her a bag and then find out that it was not an isolated uh, situation, but so many other individuals were in need. And after that, I realized that 
we were feeding five, then 10, then 50, and the rest is history. Now we are doing, um, before COVID-19, we're doing approximately 30,000 individuals per month. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a big number. And Noreen, we get to see each other quite often in our planning for this time of year. We normally spend all of our energies working about this topic for Thanksgiving week on your organization's annual fundraiser, Hungerthon, which is you know, more important than ever before, no? It really is. I think the pandemic has been illuminating to just how close people were living to the edge of being on a food line like Melanie is talking about. And um, our work is more important than ever because the human need has increased dramatically. And it's such a pleasure to to be on the show with two good friends and and especially with the Campaign Against Hunger. I've I've worked on their farm. I've worked in their pantry. I know the power of this frontline organization to nourish people, but to also change lives. In a normal year, New York City would see over 25 million visits to soup kitchens and food pantries by individuals and families to meet their basic food needs. That number, because of the pandemic, may actually triple this year. Last week, the Campaign Against Hunger in New York held a Thanksgiving food drive to help bring food to the needy in their community. Well, Tim, um, it was in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, um, the heart of where poverty lies. When we think of Bed-Stuy, we know that you hear the word gentrification, you hear the words um, affluent, but there, in all of this, there is a vast number of families that we work with that are tremendously um in need and where food insecurity has grown in such a way that we are, it's unbelievable. So the event, as we're talking about the event, the event had about 2000 people online, which was um, unbelievable. Um, I can't use the word amazing, but it was 2000 individuals online. Of course, 75% of those have never been to our pantry, but because of COVID-19, because of the vast need that we are facing right now, so many are in need and we find that they were online, but the good thing were, well, is that we were able to make sure that they got what they needed. Can I ask both of you, and I'll start with Noreen, the impact of New York City schools closing has got to be uh, uh, deeply concerning because a, a lot of the young people, children uh, who were getting food in the city were getting it through schools, no? That's exactly right. And just just take in what Melanie said, 75% increase. That's what we're hearing um, all around the tri-state area and the country. Kids not being in school means they're not getting school breakfast and school lunch. One of the most powerful things about the New York City school system is that just a few short years ago, uh, Y Hunger was part of a coalition of activists and grassroots organizations um, working to make sure that no child in New York City would go hungry and that nutritious food would be a human right. And that that happened with universal school meals. Now, when you're not going to school, you don't have that access. So it, it does reveal the, um, people don't always make the connection uh, of hunger to government policy, to, to politics really, that um, universal school meals was done by, by the mayor's office, by the hard work of the council to ensure that all children got food. 
now that's all been upended. Many sites are um, serving meals from school. There is a pandemic EBT, money going on your EBT card, but it's not, it really hasn't been um, publicized. And I think that is one of the reasons why, Melanie, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of parents with children who are, who are not getting meals in school. Yes, and um, you're right, Noreen. It's 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 devastating to see the 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 PEBT is there. We are helping a lot of families to achieve as much. It's not a lot of money, but it makes it makes a difference. But what we are finding what we are finding out is that a lot of the mothers that are coming with their children, they're telling us it's very difficult now because, of course, it's more homeschool than anything else. We have to face the facts that families are actually in need. And so they're telling us how difficult it is. So as an emergency feeding program, as a pantry, we have to also make sure that the food that we send home now is kid friendly. Um, it's easily accessible by children. Um, we used to do this on the weekends, but now it's a five, seven day a week tour to make sure that whatever we're giving families, that kids are able to access it. Do we have concerns about the supply of food? Uh, for these people that are in need? Yes, there's there's always, a, uh, there was before the pandemic, um, there was a tremendous need before the pandemic. And Noreen Y. Hunger knows this. They, we have echoed it so many times that um, we were running out of food. It was difficult. And I'll tell you, when the pandemic hit, it, unbelievable, we had no food. And what was coming to us, we could not serve our community because it was not edible. Um, you can't have a community that 23% of those that you're serving is already diabetic. A larger number is suffering from hypertension and obesity. And we turn around and we give them junk. So we had to make sure that we had enough healthy food to distribute. It took a while for the city, for the state and everyone to coordinate to get this, get things um, in order. But in the meantime, you had families on line that needed food immediately. And so we, our, um, the Campaign Against Hunger, had to purchase food. And I'll tell you, it was startling to know things like simple grain, um, 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 anything that was whole wheat. It took us three months before we could have seen our shipment to come in. It had gotten to a panic stage uh, in the first three months of COVID. It was very difficult for us. One, you, you, you're talking about social distancing. You're talking about families on the line. You're talking about a wraparound um, line. And then you're talking about um, fear of death. And it was, it was just so difficult. And still, and to top it off, we had to face the fact that we had not enough resources. And I'll say we still don't have enough resources because after the holiday season, um, Tim, what is sad about all of this, January, February, March, when no one thinks about Hungary, that's when it really hits. And, and I, go ahead, Noreen. You've, you've yeah, I was going to say this is that is just paints a picture, right, of something we never thought we would see in our lifetime. These are Great Depression era uh, soup lines, bread lines, food lines that uh, we haven't seen a hunger crisis like this. And I'm at Why Hunger for three decades. Melanie has been working on this for uh, over 25 years. And this is a crisis of epic proportions to be um, in the human service business, providing people food and not knowing if you're going to have it is um, it's dire. And 
I think, Melanie, you, you made such a great point, and this is why we love the campaign against hunger. It's not just about any food. Junk food does not build health resilience. It, you need to have proper nutrition and nourishment. And the, the pivot that you've had to make to be kid-friendly and kid meals, everyone knows how picky uh, children can be, that the burden that has and the responsibility that is on these frontline agencies, just like the Campaign Against Hunger, is enormous. The social distancing, the sanitizing, volunteers that won't come out, long lines, and um, the the results of the pandemic is just a skyrocketing hunger. I wanted to ask both of you, the, uh, the pandemic has been especially cruel in communities of color uh, in our city. Uh, a lot of it, you know, is putting a spotlight on the inequities of healthcare uh, that we knew existed, but the real life and death uh, results uh, have really shown through in, in communities. My expectation is, is that hunger is very, very similar, that it's especially uh, in the COVID era, uh, it's especially cruel in communities of color. Am I right? That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Melanie, please speak to this, but this is why why hunger talks about root causes like racism and the marginalization and, and, and invisibilizing of people and people of color and, and people of color who have uh, higher rates of hunger and diabetes and, and chronic health conditions that, that need nourishing food. Um, um, both of you are correct, and it's it's sad, it's hurtful to know because one, I'm a woman of color, and you're watching your community, and already, and and, and and what is so bad about all this? This is not something. This is not a new problem. We have been echoing this for over 20 years, that our community needs to see healthier food. Um, we talk about, we use the word food desert lightly, and. Um, everybody talks about it, but it's not being impacted the way it should be in the sense of we're not getting the right product into the hands of families. The pandemic hit, and of course, who is the greatest recipients? We're not talking about recipients of fortune or recipients of house. We're talking about a health crisis, a pandemic. Um, so many families have lost their loved ones. Um, um, it, it, it is very difficult. And one of the things I believe, of course, there is a health crisis in our neighborhood, but I think that um, the, the COVID-19 took the covers off and, and let everyone know that we have been saying this for years. Let's do something. Come on. Um, let Bring the playing field to, to an equal level where what goes for the geese goes for the gander. Um, why can't we now get to a place where it doesn't matter, it should not matter when it comes to feed, offering healthy food to families, where what neighborhood you live in, or um, what 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 um, what what color your skin is, it should be that this is something that is a right to every family. And it bothers me to see that we have to to work so hard. And I'm telling you this, Tim and, and Noreen can echo my sentiments that. For an African-American woman as myself, it's it gets hard because you have to be fighting. It's a battle out there to bring the resources in for the families. And, and when you see that family's immune system were one of the main reasons why so many died. Our seniors died. Um, so many families are without. So many children are. It bothers me because 
food again, if we had, if we were taking care of the bodies or they were giving access, not because you are poor or, or you're in a place where you cannot afford to put food on the table the way you'd like to. It is not fear that they should not get what, what's really needed. Um, we need to change system. And, and, and I, I don't want to go any further because then I'm going to tell you that we need to revamp some systems and put some things in place. We need to seriously think about families right now. And it bothers me to see what's going on. I'm well sorry. Said, well said, Melanie. She, <laughs> no. You know, Mel, Melanie, well, is yeah. A, yeah, she's a champion for um, mm. representing the voice of the community and standing in solidarity with Why Hunger. We've been saying this for many, many years too. We need to take a systems approach. We need to look at root causes. We need a framing that's about human rights. That's about every human having access to nutritious food. These are, these are heroic, expensive efforts on the front lines of America. 54 million people across the country struggling with hunger. And um, kudos to you, Dr. Samuels, because you're trying to do two things, right? You're trying to feed people and you're trying to change and challenge the systems that are at the root causes of hunger and poverty. That's economic injustice, health inequity, racism, and, and how our food is grown. Those are the things that we need to tackle and build a bigger movement for change. And part of the reason I, I, I wanted to get uh, you all together was to also talk about uh, how people could help. And so I want to begin to talk about that. I did want to ask, however, because I've got two experts here, is there a role for restaurants? We know that restaurants uh, have employees that are struggling, uh, out of work. Um, we know that they can produce food. I mean, could we, I'm a dreamer, sorry about it. Could we have a Marshall Plan that the government could come in and pay restaurants to, uh, uh, to employ their people and to allow for, um, you know, to help produce food? I think some of that is going on. I know Chef Jose Andres is doing some of that. Danny Meyer's doing some of that. But Tim, I like the way you think. We got to go big here, right? Um, we need a we need a bigger game plan. These um, isolated interventions do not solve the systemic problem, and that's one of the roles Why Hunger plays. We weave together um, these exceptional organizations to build a more powerful movement for change. So, what what is that Marshall Plan? I think that's what we need to. We need to work on together, and the restaurant the restaurant industry is getting decimated right now, and and those workers are are in need of help. It's also an opportunity. There's there's other groups and alliances like the Food Chain Workers Alliance, Restaurant Opportunities, people who are organizing in the industry to come up with solutions to demand better pay, to demand hazard pay, to get sick days. All of those things are very interconnected into the bigger picture. Well, let me uh, go ahead, Dr. Samuels. I was gonna see no, if you I, could- I was just one. saying, Dito, well said, well said, Noreen. Um, um, we are, I know during the pan pandemic, so many chefs and restaurants have just rolled up their sleeves and started helping and reaching families, which is needed, especially for our seniors, because there's so many underlying issues where our seniors are concerned. Everyone is not um, technical, te um, technology savvy. And so we find that they can't access as much as they want to. 
Um, we have, I, I believe that the city, I would say the city did work hard and others and the private sector jumped in and made a tremendous difference in getting that. But I, I like how you're thinking as Lorraine said, um, there's still so much more to be done and there's still other um, corporate or restaurants that need to get on board. And I think this can be done if we come together as a team. And I add to this, why? Because what we did different as an organization, the Campaign Against Hunger, we we are um, a, a choice pantry, but during the pandemic, we shift our entire work uh, model. And we, we move from curbside to right now, we have 11,000 square feet warehouse that we engage 250 partners where, where we can't go, where City Harvest don't go or, 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 or um, the food bank because of their, their building capacity and their model, we were able to get food in the intricate areas where it was needed the most. And we're still doing that. And that's why 14,000 families every week are being fed by us. Uh, that's 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 terrific. Noreen, uh, people who are listening to this um, may know your organization by name because every year around this time, um, we shine the spotlight. Um, the organization works 365, 24-7, right? Uh, but this is a time where we think about it because Thanksgiving week is always a thing. Uh, tell us about Hungerthon and, and how people can help and, and how that help will last well beyond just Thanksgiving week. Absolutely. So, the you know, Dr. Samuels and I are partners every day of the year. And I think it's important for people um, to act locally in Bed-Stuy and in the greater metropolitan area to get involved with the cause. Hungerthon is an opportunity to shine a light on these amazing projects and to support why hungers work. So if you go to hungerthon.org, we have some amazing gifts this year. I'm wearing my John Lennon, imagine, multicolored t-shirt, which is really wonderful. And we count on CBS 880's listeners to support us so we can continue our good work with partners like the Campaign Against Hunger and many, many other organizations who are working this year to meet dire human needs and address people's hunger crisis. So hungerthon.org is where you can make a donation, receive some great gifts, and also bid on some really cool auction items. Dr. Samuels, tell me about the Campaign Against Hunger and how people can help you. Um, well, thank you again for the opportunity, Noreen. Thank you. The Campaign Against Hunger is, again, we are easily accessed through um, TCAH, which is um, TCAHNYC.org, um, the Campaign Against Hunger NYC.org. And there you can donate. But again, um, we have worked so closely with Why Hunger and supporting Why Hunger is a great opportunity to support us also. I did promise that I was going to ask both of you about what drives you. I'd love to wind up the com conversation with you about what is it that drives you? What was it 20 some odd years ago when you connected with that single mom who needed help and all of a sudden it, it, it seems to have changed your life? No? Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't, I never dreamt to be sitting in this seat and it, it, it was never a part of my thought mind. Um, I was doing well. I was happy in the in the space that I was and and but you know what when you love 
your neighbors, it makes a difference. And what drives me is just the compassion. I it, it bothers me when I see anyone, it doesn't matter who they are, everyone should be taken care of to the best of our ability. I know we can't eradicate everything and that is wrong, but I think making sure someone has a healthy meal is important to me and that's what drives me. In Thanksgiving, what, what means much to me is when a senior comes and say, I live al- alone, but if I get a turkey, my family would join me. I would love to make a turkey for my family. And I hate to turn that senior away or a child that comes to us and it's their birthday, but their parents can't afford a birthday gift and we're able to give them a birthday bag. And they're so excited because they can now have a birthday cake. These are the simple things that drive me for whatever I do. I I tell myself the only one stipulation I have, don't ever speak down to any of our clients, those customers that walk in, it could be one of us. I am. I, it could have been me sitting there. I have been on the line where I had to wait to get WIC for my children. So I know how degrading sometimes you're treated. So what drives me is to make sure families are happy. Noreen, you're up. That's a tough act to follow, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) She's one of my heroes. So um, what drives me is injustice. I think it's unjust that any person uh, does not have a meal. We all all love food, right? We love our our breakfast, our lunch, our dinner. And to, to have the thought that someone is going without or struggling, I think is one of the greatest injustices in our country, in our world. My four, my four grandparents came from Ireland and they came to America for a better life. And they really were fleeing a legacy of hunger and poverty. More than a million Irish died uh, as a result of the great famine, the great hunger of the, of the 1840s. And so it's kind of in my bones that my analysis about hunger is about political oppression social injustice, and um, really keeping people down and marginalized. So that is uh, a big part of what motivates me every day is to make sure that nobody suffers the indignity of hunger. Wow. Uh, a privilege to uh, to have both of you spend time with us so that we could share your message. And uh, the world is a much better place for the two of you and the people who work with you. So thank you very much. May you both have a blessed Thanksgiving season, and uh, let's pray that uh, we all have a better year coming up. We hope so. Thank Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Dr. Samuels. Thank you, Noreen. Thank you, Tim. And happy Thanksgiving to all of you and to your listeners. Enjoy. And if you're in need of help, please reach out to us. We are just a phone call or a takeaway. And thanks also to Tom Chapin. I invite you to check out that hungerthon.org website for auction items to help support the efforts of Why Hunger, including the virtual private concert from Tom. A child arrived just the other day, came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk when I was away, and he was talking for a note. And as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. 
when you're coming home, I don't know when you'll get together then, so we're gonna have a good time. That's hungerthon.org. Be safe, and like Harry says, do something. And if you don't hear the rest, you got a bid on me, man. <laughs> His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.